Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for November 17th of 2017. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Walsh from HockeyHurts.com. And we are back after a uh, two-week layoff. And that means we discussed the Nashville-Ottawa-Colorado trade like the day of that it happened, but before it happened. So um, I know that's... A little bit old news, but we'll we'll say a few things on that. Um, Oilers are disappointed. Uh, (laughs) We seem to pick on them on a weekly basis now. Uh, Calgary, we got the brawl, and then we got the arena stuff. So we'll talk a little bit about that and, uh, you know, whatever else. So Duchesne, Ottawa, bunch of stuff. Colorado, tourists, Nashville. I still think Colorado did. I think it went Nashville, Colorado, Ottawa. Yeah, I, Ottawa, I happen to agree. And Ottawa got the – very rarely would you say that about the team that got the best player in the deal because the gap between tourists and Duchesne is so small. Yeah, um I don't think it's a huge upgrade. It'll be worth watching what Duchesne can do in Ottawa because I, I'm still skeptical on how bad teams like Colorado, what, how much can they negatively impact the individual players that are actually good when they're outnumbered by the bad ones by that much. You know well, I mean? he plays well when he plays for Canada, um, so... You put somebody in a good situation, hopefully you'll get good results out of him. But unless they sign him next year, um, I think this is a, a wasted trade because, you know, Tourist did 6 by 6 which was way less than what you and I proposed that he might do, both term and uh, average per year. So Nashville have got out of this beautifully. Yeah, it's not that they didn't give up anything. It's that they didn't compromise right. their window at all they really strengthen their win now team think about last year think about last year in the playoffs and then the stanley cup final after johansson went down an injury they had like fisher sissons uh god who who are the other centers well they're covered off now i mean they've got two that are definitely at least one b centers if you're not going to say Johansson's a 1A centre, particularly with the slump that he's in at the moment. And then Benino can play second-line centre at a pinch. You don't want him to do it all the time, but he filled in admirably uh, first year in Pittsburgh for Gino when, when um, Gino's always out. So um, that three, that, the, the three pivots they've got in Nashville now, without depleting their current roster, um, I thought they'd really struggle this year, and mainly because of Pekka Rene, but... Um, what they've got in <laughs> front of them last now. year. <laughs> True, I, I certainly did, and it's it's he's having a great year this year. Like he's been very up and down, up and down. Um, this year it's it's like from last year to this year it's like he's been up and up. So Poyle's done a great job of constructing a really good roster for this year and next year. So um, look out Western Conference, to be honest. Yeah, they're one of the power teams in the league now for sure. And they haven't. And even this, had, this is uh, losing Jay's deal for nothing. 
they lost James Neal for nothing as well. Yeah, good point. Um, and Ryan Ellis, I don't think he's even played yet. No, uh, this this team will be frightening if they can uh, stay healthy. They've done a beautiful job in Nashville. Colorado did better than I thought. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but there's, of course, risk on their end with that many draft picks. Well, you've got, to re- you've got to rely on the people doing the drafting. That's the thing. They've set themselves up quite nicely to do well. But if the draft picks are all flops, then, yeah, they lose in all of this. You're exactly right. It's worth taking that chance, obviously. Well, you look at they're, where they are. Yes, it is. They're, they're not a team going anywhere. Duchesne was not re-signing, no matter what. So what are you buying? <laughs> he, he would leave after the two years. You're not going to be a well, contender. He, yeah. He's not said, oh, yeah, I want to sign straight away in Ottawa either. So he's still, I think he just wants to get I to the Why would you dive headfirst into that? I agree. No, no, I totally agree. I get why Tourist dove headfirst into Nashville. Six by six in that in that roster in that current climate, that's an absolute dream for for Tourist. Um, yeah, great situation. But, He's done well. He uh, negotiated his way out of Arizona, and Ottawa made the most of his time there. And when he did get traded, he uh, he he upgraded, in my opinion. Well, he's upgraded twice now. <laughs> I don't blame him for the Arizona stuff. What a great career move in a, in a league where the younger players don't have a lot of say in how, how and where they go. He used the leverage that he had at the time, and he could have been just stuck in a wasteland for most of his career, but he said, uh, nah, I'm good. Did he so good for did him. Well. Yeah, no, I know, exactly right. So Ottawa hinges on how deep they go in the playoffs, I think, in regards to whether this is a successful trade or not. Because it's not like Tourist was was terrible for Ottawa. In fact, he was quite good. Correct. So, I mean, you're asking Duchesne, who was really skating through the motions this year and a lot of last year, to be at least what Tourist was. And Ottawa would hope that he's more. So it's a pretty high bar that that Duchesne's going to have to... Yeah, this this is the thing. Like, if you can be quality the whole way through the year, it's it's just there's too many unknowns at the moment for this. Like, we're what are we two weeks away from from that trade? There've been what three or four games for for each player in there. Yeah, it's to work out how Duchesne's going to feel. Yeah, sorry about that. Technical difficulties. Um, Duchesne, it, it's going to take 20, 25 games to work out where he sits um, in amongst all of this. If it, it starts to flop out, uh, Otto are going to be regretting this, I think, because tourists fit quite well. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I don't think those are totally unique opinions about the trade, but... I felt like we no. should probably share them, even though the timing was kind of worst-case scenario with how things sh- shook out for us. Uh, we weren't too far wrong, I suppose. With the, oh, Actually, no, we were way off. At least I was. I thought like, Ekholm was going to Colorado or something, not not that many futures and stuff like that. It was, and an, that, inter- that, it was an interesting trade. It was, and it was good because the league felt like it was it was billowing out. Where do you want to go next? 
Well, let's do Gudis. Okay. He literally just waved his right for an in-person hearing. Yeah, I don't think this is going to matter much. No. Well, maybe. I don't... Hey, look, it's a stick infraction. Now, the NHL said they wanted to cut down on stick infractions and go hard on them. Now, you can make an argument that it was intentional or accidental, whichever way you want to look at it. The way the NHL rule, that was brutal what he did, but Perot came away okay. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen if he was injured and missed time. He's going to miss time. They they wanted an in-person hearing. He's going to get at least five games. Did you see what happened with the suspension system when I posted it today? No, my day, I, it's my daughter's birthday. Oh, And right. I had, you know, obviously school, high school hockey started. I had a scrimmage. It's been a, hey, I haven't, this uh, is it's been too, too busy. Because hang on, I'm just bringing it up now. For it's like 75 games or something. It's his third, this would be his third recorded suspension. Games. You know what? No, 67. 67 games. Tough to disagree. Well, I guess you could disagree. That's a lot of games. Oh, but I think at some point, like, if you really want that behavior to stop, this is the kind of multiplier uh, system that you kind of have to have. I mean, I was really harsh. I called it predatory instead of injurious. Injurious, I mean. So, yeah, I was just like, no, nah, screw this. This is just wrong. So you can make a case that it was accidental and it was dangerous. But either way, he'd still be missing 40 games or something if I rolled it back that far. So and, and that I has just, to do with being a, a repeat offender. That's And that's my point. It, it's like if that was his first crack, it wouldn't be many games at all. Now, he's a repeat offender. That's my problem. Yeah, how many this. how many like free passes do you get for bashing the guy in the head with a stick? Yeah. Exactly, and and that's that's the that's where um, it will be interesting for me to see what the new guy Paros actually does here. Yeah, it's uh, it will be interesting. We don't know what the standard is yet, do we? No, not yet. And this is this is the first real test when you think about it. There have been things that I would have liked to have at least hey, been looked in, at. It, it was in person. He waved his right for it. But... Correct. He's going to get some games. Is that just, It'll be interesting that, to see if it gets to 10 or something. If it gets if it gets above 6, they'll just appeal, and then it'll go back to 5 or something. It's how this process plays out normally. Yeah. You're not wrong. And in, in the most players that have the physical track record of Gudis are bad players. I don't think he is a bad player. No, he's 53.6, Corsi, 4 this year. And has been positive for most of his years. Relative to his teammates, he's still doing quite well. This is the thing. He can play. He, he can, can play. actually play. He can he can actually and contribute in a positive manner, yet he does this stuff. Like, for me, it's the Matt Cook syndrome. Ah, he beat Cook, me to it. Yeah, Cook was Cook, a good player. Cook could play, but good God, was he just terrible with this sort of garbage. And it's like... You and, know, and terrible wish... being a polite way of putting it. Yeah, like absolute trash some of the stuff that, that he did and, you know, eventually got punished, but just too too little too late in, in his situation. And, and Gudis is lucky that it wasn't uh, a bigger injury 
situation with Perot, really. Yeah. Because, you know, even with the re- regime change, I don't think that taking injury into consideration was going to change all that much. No, just in regards to the sheer result of the player he's playing against, it's like that could have been devastating for Perot if it hit him in slightly the wrong spot in the neck. Yeah. Well, hearing must be tomorrow, right? Maybe? I don't know. I, I, a phone hearing will be conducted Sunday, so yeah. I think we'll hear Can't about it what? Sunday evening, probably. How has it taken them this long to get to this? He's waived his hearing. A phone hearing should just be, let's just do the hearing now. Well, they'll have to set it up like at the earliest Saturday. Whatever day he has it, by nighttime, we'll know the the number. Yes, yes, very true. So, um, Calgary, you want to stay on the physicality track here? Yeah, it's, I, it's, it's just garbage. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I, I haven't even like gotten a chance to watch the whole thing. That's, no, I've that's seen how busy snippets. the week has been. Yeah, I've seen snippets, but not the entire thing. But um, people complaining about whoever it was that got the ten game automatic suspensions. Like, there's the rules, guys. You can't. You've been, you know, taken off the ice by the official. You can't just come back. You know, it's ten games straight up. So. And was it Eric Goddard that got ten games in that Islanders brawl? I think so. Yeah, once you you come on the ice like that. Like, there's no wiggle room. No, that exactly rule right. is actually explained pretty clearly. Yeah. But, uh, but who was it, Matt Kachuk, that started it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Jimmy Howard, you know, rightfully is like, I've you know got injured severely last year from someone falling on me. No way in hell am I going to put up with that again. So He's I get not, why it sort of turned into a shit show. He, he likes to stir up shit, doesn't he? How, oh, yeah. Like, And the other thing, being a guy who does like to stir up shit, is that they're a protected species. So, you know, fundamentally, you could get away with quite a lot before the hammer comes down on you from the officials. He's good, too. He's a good How, player. No. Well, point for sixty were well above two last year, and he was a rookie, right? Oh, Kachuk, yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's going to be, he's, yeah, he's going to be all right. He just has to find uh, a line not to cross, and that's the challenge for players like you know. Lucic goes through. No, nah, I got a same. better comparison for him. Yeah. Marshawn. Ah, yeah. Actually, he probably will be a. That's a really good prototype, actually. Yeah, it's a good call. Right? He's... Yeah, exactly right. Like, Marshawn's awesome. Yep. The guy you want to have on your team, but you do not want to see playing against your own. Yeah, he's a real piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Kachuk is at 1.98 points per 60 this year. Which is pretty good. They're struggling to score a little bit, aren't they, Calgary? 
Johnny Goudreau's at 2.78 in 18 games. That's he's... awesome. Oh, would, would you care to know who's number two on the team in Are you even strength Jager? points per Are 60? You... Is it Jaeger? At 2.59 points per 60. Double J. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. I love it. Uh, how can you be that efficient? Like, I know his minutes are, uh, are reducing, right? And right, rightfully so. They should be going down. You don't want to be playing him all the time. Yeah, he's, okay, but so it, he's got 92.52 time on ice uh, from Corsica. He's played nine games, so that's about 10 minutes and change at even strength a night. Geez, that's productive. That's so efficient with your ice time. I don't know um, if he's on their power play or not. I haven't really... Because uh... he, he got injured and I kind of lost track for a bit. Oh, well, then life got in the way. Yeah, but when he got hurt, I, Calgary dropped off my <laughs> radar. And not because Calgary's not good. I mean... It's time zones for you, really. Yes. He's not on either power play. How dare you, Calgary? <laughs> oh, well. He's on the third line. Yeah, and producing... Wasn't Jankowski in the Ginla trade? Oh, I literally can't remember now. And then I've kind of blocked Sam that Bennett's trade the out. Guy. The trade was fine. I mean, playing him on the left wing is a little weird. Yeah, I just... I don't know. I just blocked that trade. Or maybe it's because it was the same year the Murray trade was made. So what's going on with their arena? Um, <laughs> yeah, so the there's quite a political situation going on up there with the arena. From what I've gathered over the last few months, they owner wants a lot of public money and there was just an uh, election for mayor and i think the nhl who came out during the the penguins uh, white house stuff and said they're apolitical <laughs> i think we're showing ads for the mayor that was going up against the one that was trying to have some common sense about things <laughs> they were enough. like shilling for the guy that wanted public money for the arena <laughs> The the thing that I find funny with the way the way sports are set up over in in you know North America and Canada is owners can threaten to just move the team and then the city loses all of the jobs and income that flow around the team. So there's always that threat that they can just go, "Not nah, if you're not going to give me the money for the arena, we'll just leave." Um, sports over here are different because we've got multiple teams in in you know cities and obviously the populations are, are a lot smaller so to have the ability to make that threat i, I just find uh, amazing in that context good for the mayor that won the election too for standing his ground i think there's plenty of evidence that suggests that stadiums are not an economic boon and public money does not get a return on investment with these projects 
No, I would, yeah, I would get there and have say to the owner, you can build the stadium. We'll decide what we want to build around the, the, the new stadium and we'll put our funds into the areas that we think we need to to help develop the area around the stadium. But, I, yeah, I just think it's stupid that public funds... Pittsburgh, didn't Pittsburgh have funds put into their arena? Through a casino. Oh, okay, they casinoed it. All right. Which, I couldn't remember. You know, I, I suppose that's, that's not a terrible way to do it either. No. It's so, better than the alternative, right? What, getting it from the public? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Although the public is the one losing to the house. Yes. Correct. But that's at least by choice. Yes, as opposed to just losing it all together. And, like, and if I didn't want to pay a dime for the arena through the casino, I just wouldn't go to the casino. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the things, the Calgary situation, is the assumption there that every single person there is a hockey fan, and, and, and that's just wrong if that's the way they're going to treat it like that. It would be a great thing if there was a renaissance in the way that uh, we looked at this and had the owners build their arenas and own the arenas, and then instead of the public funds, hundreds of millions of dollars going to the stadium, what if you poured the hundreds of millions of dollars and developed around the stadium? Yep, that's yeah, it's what I meant before. It's like, let them decide that what gets cool. built around it. Yeah, totally. I'm sure there would be situations that fucked it up, but the ones that got it right, man, that would be pretty cool. It would be brilliant, to be honest. And then you got um, the reason I brought this topic up. What the hell was it? Oh, the the GM meetings, the the rumors of oh Houston wants a team, and the only two teams that came up were what Arizona and Calgary. Conveniently, get the fuck out of yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> get get out of here with that. Like, come on. That's so transparent. I think we're idiots. <laughs> right? Is that not so transparent? Yeah. Calgary. <laughs> no, not Florida, it's... not Carolina. Calgary. They're not going to move Calgary. They're going to sit there and keep putting pressure on them. If that mayor can stand the ground, um, there's no way that that team will leave. The owner will just have to stump He's up. He's going to call the bluff and you know what? If he's wrong, I don't think people would blame him too much. No. If, if it was just – that's the thing. Like, right on top of the elections, this came out, and obviously the constituents in Calgary went, well, we're going to vote for the guy that's saying no public funds, and he won. So the, the public are on site. I can't see him, you know – Copping or hiding, if the threat of them leaving goes, you can just go, you guys voted this way. Yeah. So, they're not moving. I think Houston's an intriguing option. I'm always in favor of uh, attempting some of these bigger southern cities. So, do you want it as an expansion for them to be in the west and finally have 32 teams, or do you want them to just replace... Arizona. I think they have to be in the West, obviously. Right? I would think so. Um, yeah, any way you slice it, I, I, you have to add to make 32, in my opinion. 
now that you've done 31. I would not go a team higher than 32, but... Okay, so the issue you have with that is that Seattle, I think, feel like they're going to get a team, and Quebec want a team. So okay, I got, NHL... I, got, I got all the solutions here. Yeah, yeah, yeah? Yes, of course. <laughs> um, Arizona can go to Seattle. Houston can just be added. And Carolina, I, I wish it worked better than it has. You're, you're in Quebec. Because they won't, do, they won't relocate. They'll just make it a 34-team league. No, 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 no. They're too greedy. No, they, you can't do 34. Come on. Look, That's I agree with That's you. That's absurd. Well, I think you do 34, no. and then you just no, and then you just get rid of the the, the way they struck everything up, and you go to our game show freaking thing at the end of the year. You just make sure everybody plays each other the same amount of games. So you've got 33 other teams that you've got to divide into, I'd say 72, but they won't, so they'll keep it at 82. No. In regards I'm to home and away. We don't need to jump from 30 to 34 in like five years. I'm just saying, you could just scrap the stupid divisional garbage. Well, we get rid do of that with 32. We can, but if you're gonna, they're gonna go to 34, dude. If they can get the extra billion, because it'll be 500 mil for each of the two new teams. So nah, they're not gonna. I think they'll just take relocation fee. I know expansion fees are higher, but it, that's all. That's nah. That's the billion the dollars. No. Nah. They're gonna. I like your idea of the the, the relocation, just the addition of Houston. I'm I don't want to move Carolina, but their attendance is really bad. Yeah, and it's not like their team's bad to watch either. No, and they've um, you know, the the barbecue cookouts uh, for the tailgating where they treat it more like football than your classic hockey. Uh, you know, it's mid-Atlantic or mid-Southern Atlantic and there's really not another winter sport. Well, I guess Charlotte Hornets maybe, but that's still far away. That's a good drive from there. They've had some nice moments, but I just, um, I think with the high demand with some of these uh, more intriguing areas, I would say, and that's not a diss on Charlotte or sorry, Raleigh. But, you know, Seattle, that would be really cool. Quebec, for obvious reasons. And then Houston, it's just, uh, that's a huge U.S. city. Yeah. And that's a The demographics. And I know Atlanta was a huge U.S. city in the south. But Atlanta's historically known for not exactly being a very supportive sports town for the Braves, who made the playoffs like every year from my childhood with some of the best pitchers of all time, and they wouldn't be selling out playoff games. Yeah, it's bizarre, and isn't it? The Falcons, you know, they weren't selling out all the time until Michael Vick came around. And uh, the the Hawks, they'd always draw like they're, they They've drawn like shit forever. I reckon they had the coolest name for their venue ever, the Omni. Yeah. The Atlanta Hawks. I remember when I was growing up and I was into basketball when I was a kid, you'd see Dominic Wilkins in the Omni dunking on everybody's head. It's Nokia Arena, right? 
Yeah, look, that's still a that's still a sore point, all right? Still a sore point. I like that they left the year that they drafted Kevin Garnett. Right? Who? Hang on. Sonics never drafted Garnett. Well, didn't they turn into Oklahoma City? Yeah, you're thinking it was of that um, off season. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're getting you're getting mixed up with Kevin Durant. Isn't that who I said? No, you said Kevin Garnett. <laughs> Whatever, this is fucking hockey podcast. <laughs> this is true. I this meant Durant. True. I figured that's what you meant. I'm going, Garnett, that's Minnesota, and he played. Yeah, anyway, you're right. This is a hockey podcast. Detlef Schrempf, there. There's my basketball reference. Detlef. NBA Jam. Oh. <laughs> Him and He's Sean Kemp. Up. And, it, and I, if I recall correctly, there may have been a secret code in NBA Jam where um, they'd have babies in the background for Kemp. Really? No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been hilarious. He was very uh, promiscuous, was he not? He he was indeed. Famously so. Pretty much. What happens when you're 18 and you, you're one of the first guys to skip college and go straight from high school? Yeah. All right, how do we get this back on track? Do we want to go and bash Edmonton? It's usually how we get things back on track. <sighs> well, Chiarelli did do a panic trade. Yeah. Um, Just I forgot that, that, about Just that trade. Um, so, yoking in for... Camilleri. Oh, Mike Camilleri. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Edmonton with who runs that team, I was surprised that uh, of that signing in the first place. Jokinen? Hey, well, they've just gone screw. We'll just get rid of him. Like, you were very happy with that signing, as was I. You know what his expected goals um, were? No. It was like 78% or something. <laughs> Right, so what's it supposed to be? It's usually like close, closely aligned with the Corsi. Oh, okay. So he was doing like ridiculous. Obviously, small sample, but still, his uh, so I his, I his expected goals was that, and then you know shooting percentage. What do you think that was? Well, the whole team's struggling with their shooting percentage. That's the thing. It's like Edmonton seemed to be doing well pretty well everywhere. They just can't score. All right. I was wrong. 66%. Which is still great. Yeah. And his... I don't know what his shooting percentage is. So considering... the Considering that they've depleted their some of the skill sets that they had in their offense by giving away Hall and, and giving away Eberle, is the roster the way it's currently constructed now that they've gone and put in Mike Camilleri likely to you know regress to the norm of shooting percentages? And I'm like, are they going to be one of those teams that get stuck in this funk for the whole the whole season and they burn the last year of cheap McDavid? Well, Mike Camilleri's always been a good shooter. No? 
I think so. I think career average is he's fine, but why is it that this roster that has some skilled shooters on it struggling to score down the lineup? I mean, right now they are only four points behind Calgary, even though Calgary has a game in hand. So they're winning more often. But they still have a really large... Like, they've still lost more games than they've won. They've won seven and lost 12. So they're going to have to get a little wriggle on at some point here to try and claw it back. Now, at least the Rangers are back to, like, 9-9-2. Nine, nine, and two. Yeah, so they've, they've really all, done a good job. Yeah, like, remember the last time we spoke? It was like, are they toast? Like, are they in trouble here? And, and they've done they've done really well. 7-3 and three in the last 10. Um you know, really saw the issues they were in and have dragged themselves, you know, right back in there where, you know, they're going to float around that wild card third place for the Metro division now. That that fear that they would have had of, of missing the playoffs. Pittsburgh going too. <laughs> yeah, Pittsburgh, that's that's the thing. That, that Metro division is a bizarre, bizarre mess, particularly with Jersey, you know, surprising and still being, you know, on top of the division basically a quarter of the way through the year. Yeah, it's nothing to shake a stick at. No. You know, at what point do you get there and go, ooh, geez, it looks like they might, <laughs> looks like they might, you know, stick it. Same question with Vegas, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but the Oilers, man. You know, you got the Raiders in Edmonton bitching about depth scoring. And he traded away primary scoring. I, what, you know what would have been really fun is if they had just gone, screw it, we'll just outscore everyone. I that am, would have been... I I would like, to, like, part of the reason I was going to accept this McDavid-Edmonton stuff was the idea of Taylor Hall being on his left wing. <laughs> but you know, after I that, seen the... it's... Fuck this. <laughs> It's like Edmonton could have Dallas started that one year that Dallas just went, screw it, we'll try and outscore everyone. And it was great fun to watch. We've got an Edmonton team at the moment that I don't think really knows where they are and what they do. Come on, Hall and McDavid, are you kidding me? Yeah. They turned their back on that? I I hate Chiarelli. I, bl- I blame the local media as much I, as anybody else. I hate else his though. hockey decisions. I don't know Peter Shirelli. I hate his <laughs> hockey decisions. But I, I blame the local media. They ran Hall out of town. You know, it was he was a part of the problem of why they kept losing. <laughs> so Shirelli today, I'm disappointed. General disappointment. There's your headline, <laughs> and then somebody. Uh, uh, named Bobby Cappuccino on Twitter. I agree. Chiarelli should be referred to as General Disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well done. Yeah, I thought so. And it's so true. Like, what a. McDavid's got a guy in clown shoes running his team. And he took a discount for him. Yeah. He's not going to be able to build the team based on the money that McDavid. Save to quote unquote save them. He's already spent it like a fucking asshat. Yep. 
that's the risk you run when you the thing is though he has a track record he boston had this wonderful little window particularly getting a a free pass by getting tyler sagan from the kessel trade right yeah so i'll say this the 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 kessel trade the toronto one with boston is still fascinating to me because like on some level i I don't really blame brian burke he really thought they were going to be better yeah no and and he did not for a second believe that it was going to be the second overall pick um maybe you could criticize him heavily for uh, that that kind of confidence, but I don't recall being like, yeah, of course they're going to be like the worst team in the league this year. I didn't think that. No, so he got a free pass by getting the second overall pick, and then due to attitude problems and not fitting in with the team culture and stuff like that, traded him away rather than try to get him on board. Like, And then the, you had Chara aging, and they still managed to oh, just... You look at that Boston roster, and, and Tim they Thomas could have kept in his thirties turns into a demigod, <laughs> right? Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. Did who drafted Bergeron? That's what I want to know, because I'll give him a feather in his cap for if he's responsible for that. But, if but you I think, I think about... that must have come before him. So you go Bergeron, Krejci, and um, Sagan are the three centers they could have had if Chiarelli hadn't have gone, oh, attitude problems, all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, traded away Dougie Hamilton. So, you know, I just, it seems like he has a problem with talent. That he perceives don't work hard enough. All right, so Bergeron is in that famous 03 draft. Well, that wasn't Chiarelli, was it? I don't think so. So that's the no. Fleury, Stahl, Horton, Zardev, Vanek, McCulloch, Suter, Coburn, Phaneuf, Kostitsa, Carter. <laughs> that's all in a row. And then it, Hugh Jessamine is the, the Rangers fucked up. So then it's Dustin Brown, Seabrook, Nilsson, Bernier, Parise, Fair, Getzlaff, Burns. Jeez, you gotta feel bad if you miss. In that you, you hear all those names Kessler, and it's like, Richards, dang it, Corey Perry, Patrick Eves. Jesus Christ! So now what we're in the class. second round. Erickson, uh, Louis Erickson, that is, and then Bergeron is forty fifth overall. Shea Weber's forty nine. Corey Crawford's fifty two. Anybody that tells you that they Back thought Bergeron, Jimmy Howard, this is absurd. Anybody that tells you that if you get to the second half of the second round and anybody tells you, oh, yeah, we knew we got a sleeper here and he was going to be a Hall of Fame player, I was bullshitting you. You were taking him in the first. Yeah, correct. So it's like Weber was lucky for Nashville. That's the Tom Brady thing. They didn't know he was going to be any like that. He's a six-round pick. Come on. Yeah. If you really thought he was that, you don't – you don't hope that somebody else doesn't take him for six rounds. What was Dats- Datsuk and Zinberg? They were like... Oh, well, nobody scouted back then. No, no, I know, but it's the same kind of thing. It, you can't get there and try to tell me that you're expecting you know, this player to be this ridiculously good. No one would have said that Bergeron was going to be one of the 
you know, regulars for the Selkie getting picked at, what was it, 47? His career almost ended, I think we forget. Yeah, that's true. Like, he had bad concussion problems for a while. Thankfully, that got sorted. It did get sorted, because he's, he's ridiculously good. But back to Shirelli. <laughs> I was going to say, how did we end up here? But yes, you're right, it's, it's Edmonton. Yeah. That's got a... It's tough being an Oilers fan, because, like... The losing I had to happen to get those picks, obviously. But, like, it's tough to argue with the picks that they got. They're really, Yakupov's the only whiff. And I know it's one overall, and you really shouldn't whiff that, but that was a weird year. You can make the argument they kind of locked out in amongst all of those picks, right, when they were one and two and all that sort of stuff, that there wasn't a, a generational... Because Taylor Hall, as good as he is... Isn't an Alex Ovechkin game changer style? No, but who is? Well, that's, Crosby that's... is, Malkin is. Like that's how rarely they come around. Except all within a year, two years, and the top three picks. <laughs> yeah, well, you can make the same. No, case I know what you're saying. David they just Eichel. happen to be clustered like that. Yeah, you know, McDavid, um, Eichel, and. Um, Matthews, you could probably make the same case for those three guys. Um, and then Rasmus Darlin, supposed to be a generational defenseman. So it's all just clumped at the, the wrong spot for, for Edmonton. That said, they fucking got McDavid. Yeah, I really wish he was in Western New York, man. <laughs> He'd be making the trip a little more often, I'd say. Oh, yeah, for sure. I should probably make that trip more often, but yeah, that, I, I felt bad. I thought the Sabres deserved it. <laughs> yeah, no, I can fully understand that. So, what else is on our checklist here? Well, we've pretty well nailed everything off, and we've not really discussed Pittsburgh in right, any form. I had an off-the-beating-path Pittsburgh topic. Yeah. And... You know, it's not exactly a hockey topic. It is, but it isn't. You're going to discuss Gino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that one. Yeah. Like Team Putin and all that stuff. I, I didn't like seeing that, obviously, but it's kind of an, an apples and oranges thing. This isn't um, like nba players or nfl players or really any player in the united states can speak out against trump and like it's okay you say i don't really quite think that it's the same for for those russian hockey players when the guy that they're supporting publicly is murdering journalists and how safe's your family that's over there so it's i was disappointed to see it but then I thought about it, and I'm thinking, what do I realistically think his choices are? Pretty much the ones that he's run with. I, you're right. There's nothing else you can do in that situation. I don't You'd think be he's been aggressive mad. with it. You know what I mean? I think he, nah. he did the bare minimum of what was expected. He's, 
It feels very passive in that sense. Um, I don't want to make excuses for him. Maybe he is, but that's my read on the situation. Yeah. I have to admit, for, for me, and it's sort of the same with, with Ovi as well, is that um, I kind of hoped that they were um, doing it because they knew they kind of had to sort of thing. But Ovi really looks like he's into it. Um, he's always been a part of Putin's sporting circle and all that sort of stuff. Like, you always see them at some point on the ice at least once every year together. I don't remember ever really seeing Gino do that unless it was with the uh, Olympic team, but you'll see Ovi skating with him in uh, scratch matches and, and that sort of stuff with Putin. So it's just, it's an interesting and really weird dynamic with everything else that's going on. Correct. Absolutely. Bizarre. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Gino isn't, hasn't he done like the rainbow stuff for the hockey is for everyone you can play? Yeah. Yeah, there, there are things that Gino's done whilst in America in regards to equality that don't mesh with what's going on in Russia, definitely. Okay, that makes me feel better. So that's that's one of those things. It's like, does he go back and, you know, all gays are bad, comes to the States, all gays are good. Like, it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird situation. Um, it's not exactly weird as it is what it is. You got a KGB dictator. <laughs> Who's meddling with your elections as well, by the way. Oh, really? Wow. I hadn't heard. Hadn't heard? No. Just thought I'd better give you the download on that one. Well, on this topic, your country did something good. Oh, thank God. Well, okay. Now, look, that vote that went through was a public survey done through our... Australian Bureau of Statistics. So it's not even a binding vote to the no, politician. but it's a message. I know I they may don't... not receive it, but it is a message. It can't be it's erased the... from public record. It's the legislation that worries me. No, no, it's, I it's... understand, but like, yeah. if they don't go with it, there's evidence of, we don't want this. Yeah. So it so was great good. that the public voted as strongly as they did. We didn't even have to do it. It's the same as the all the polls have been for the last five or six years, so they should have just done it. But it's great, you know, really it was quite a nasty campaign for the LBGTI community. It was um, it got pretty brutal there for a while. A lot of um, mental health services had a large spike and increase in their requirements. Um, but thankfully we're out the other side of it now and we can hopefully move on at Christmas and nothing will change for a straight marriage. It'll be great. So yeah, Gino, Putin. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. No, uh, no, I, I just wanted to, I, I had seen it and wanted to say my opinion, but Gino, I just saw a video on Twitter of him. Sharpening skates. Care to guess the band that was on in the background on the radio? No idea. It was Fish. Puts you right? Gina was listening to Fish sharpening Kessel skates. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, baby. Should have known it was I fish. don't know if it's Jesus. Dana Hines or Malkin. I don't really care either way. <laughs> it happened. It's documented. Oh, Song was sample in a jar. Kind of a vanilla song for them, but probably more acceptable to the casual listener. 
Your fandom with those guys is great. It is great. I agree. <laughs> so, all right, we got, got, we got any, if we got anything actually Pittsburgh hockey related, I was gonna say let's try because it, it's kind of a boring year so far to me. Well, I, what is great is that Kessel's yeah really he's, dragging he's, him along. He's he's the the kind of positive uh, talking point. Like Sid had his goal slump, so that's more on the negative side. But yeah, Kessel, man, he's he's lighting it up. Yeah, he's got goals in four straight, and that's you know not a sustainable thing. But he's over a point per game again. I think he's on pace for 34 goals, which would be his highest since I think 37 or 38 back in 2013-14. It's a uh, it's a great year for him so far. Yep, absolutely. And I know over the, the summer we had talked about the the thoughts of trading him, but definitely not this year. And this is why we said definitely not this year because he's still. Um, on the right side of things. It's just you got to be careful with when that um, when you might see a dip. Well, he's he's given us a bit of a jump, not a dip at the moment. It's great. Yeah, it kind of makes me rethink um, his timeline a little bit. We'll see. We'll have to let the next seventy five percent of the season play out. But <laughs> I said the early returns are pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, the team's got holes. They've got to try and sort them out. I don't know whether it's add something to the back end to help them move the puck, um, or whether the team does need to think about locking down a little better. They just seem to bleed shots at the moment, and That's I not don't. Change, know. Well, then they need to work out how to score more. No, it's not even that. They need to. Uh, it's tough. I mean, such a blah team with such superstars on it. You know. What I was I mean? gonna say you've got you've got four legit superstars on that team, and if they are, they just blah. They're not blah. That's that's over the top. But I think the general. Okay, you know what they actually need. They need Matt Murray to stop the puck. Suppose 900 is not good enough. No, it's not, and that doesn't change my overall view of him as a player or changed his incredible uh, productive play the last two years. Uh, I don't think this is him. As, like, I don't think this is what the future lies ahead for him. Do you? A 900 goalie? You think he's going to be 900 the rest of his career? No, he should be at least league average, so he's theoretically got to regress back to that norm. But But that's what's killing him right now. You can have off years. And and having a backup they can't trust doesn't help. So, Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Jari's in a tough spot. And he's made some uh, great individual saves during some of these games, but the the goals against are still piling up. I wonder where he's. I wonder where he's going wrong. Is the fact like you need to sort of 
really sit down and analyze a Pittsburgh giving up a lot of left to right, right to left passes through the slot, that no matter how good you are, it's difficult to um, to keep your safe percentage up. Like I, Those are the sorts of things that would be interesting to track. Yeah, you can get high uh, danger chances. Uh, well, you can get there from Corsica, for sure. And you can get them from Corsica as well, but it's like, are they left to right, or are they static shots that he's just missing? So, Wasn't that um, Steve Alicat's? Yeah, 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 because, you know. Through the Royal Road, right? Something yeah. Something like that. And how many of those sorts of opportunities are Pittsburgh giving up with a defense that's not as mobile as you probably want? Their, yeah. gap control, their gap control is a little concerning because they're so aggressive on the forecheck that once the team gets through the forecheck, the defenders are backing up a bit early and allowing that that uh, blue line entry a little bit too easy and the gap control is not quite right. So it does open you up for those those real road passes that can um, burn your goalie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think... Uh... In about a month, they might make a, not a super significant move, but like one that moves the needle. Rutherford usually likes to get shit done in December. Yeah, I want a puck-moving defenseman. I want one on each line. Yeah, I'm, I haven't gotten that far ahead. I haven't really uh, researched I don't know who that would be. I haven't done the research on it, but I feel like that's what they're maybe, lacking. Maybe Vancouver has something. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> He's doing good. I know. We knew he would. That's the problem. Like I think he had some bad like, turnovers last night, but Derek Pouliot has that, like a 57% puck possession out, and is like a think about the turnovers. So think about the turnovers Latang has. It's, it's like you, you put up with those turnovers because of the positive that comes out of everything else that he does. That's the uh, and I know, And I know you're not expecting Latang positives out of Pouliot, but the, it's the same concept at a much smaller scale. Correct. That's Yeah, it's the concept, not the end result of what Latang and Pouliot can provide. So it's just frustrating. It feels like that's what they're missing. It feels like they're missing the ability to to have somebody just skate the puck out on their own on at, at certain points. And um, I don't know. It's a weird team. They're, they're weird this year. It's, it's yeah, I don't really know where where they're at. I still don't like their fourth line, but that's not going to change because they brought Reeves in. So Carl Hagman could act like he's uh, competent anytime. Well, he's actually scoring a goal at some point. Yeah, I, I kind of was drawn back to my original opinion on the trade when, when it went down and I broke it down and I said, for this to work, he's he's got to approach some even strength points per 60 numbers that make sense. And HBK, he exceeded all of them by like a lot. Since then, though, it's been, it's been that good. He, he has to be the piece that moves purely for money and his output is is just not there so you know really diminishing Love his, his speed, ability man. to use. and he was hot the Rutherford caught lightning in a bottle I think because it's, it's it's him or Hornquist and there's no way they're moving Hornquist 
So, you know. Yeah, and it's tough to argue that right now. He's he's putting up some good numbers. Yeah. I still Hagelin don't like the way not, he plays. It, it, it's drastically <laughs> different. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, style aside, and we've talked a lot about that, he's... He's Effective. doing what he should be doing within the the realistic expectations of him as a player. And for yeah. that, I think, you know, that has value. Correct. It's just sometimes it's frustrating, um, you know, when plays die on his stick sometimes. But he's he's not the problem. <laughs> no, no, he, he's not. And... Um, his positives outweigh his negatives, definitely. As much as I do bag out on him for the reasons we, you know, I've stated before, he, he's definitely a, a, um, a positive um, result. Yes. And Gensel, you know, his goal, some, a lot of um, 40 goal predictions for him before the year, unless I'm misremembering. Oh, I could have been guilty of that. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I just remember it was a common thing. And yeah, no, 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 I could have been guilty of that. I wasn't saying you were pointing the finger at me, but I could have been very guilty of that as well. Maybe I wrote it. Maybe I didn't. Obviously, this can be fact-checked, but I'm not doing it. I think <laughs> I said something like 30 would be, you know, a really good year for him. And he's at six or seven right now, so he's he's off the pace. Yeah, and that's fine. What is it, second full year in the league? Or no, first full no, year? First, league. first. Yeah, so that'll be fine. So I guess lastly, Brian Rust had that great shorthanded goal. Yeah. Where he uh, used his speed and then uh, sniped short side off the post. And it got me thinking. He's he's up for a contract. Like what what does that look like? I saw your tweets about that. That's gonna be a tough one. Three point five, right? Yeah, Sheery ish. Sorry, Sheery ish. Yeah. So yeah, I He's exceeded my expectations and I think um you know, he deserves to take the Haglin roll over. Yeah. Maybe not left wing, but you know what I mean. Speedster, penalty killing. Not yep. really power play time, um, the right-handed able, version. Able to actually produce at the moment, which is Haglin's problem. So, um, yeah, we'll have some more Pittsburgh opinions as things change. It's kind of it's kind of been on the same path for a bit, so I don't see That's, anything unique to talk about. No, it's very true. So, um, I guess that'll be it. Easy as. I would normally sit here and reel off the where you can find us, but if you can't find us by now, you're never going to find us. Oh, yeah. Okay, there it is. No Facebook, no Twitter. No. You no, know where we are. No, no hockey buzz. You know where we are by now. All website, right. website, no Facebook, Patreon. Twitter. Oh, that one. Yeah, Patreon. Good point. So, <laughs> all right. Um, well, it was good to um, good to get back on track this week, so. It was indeed. All right. We will uh, see you next time. Bye.